Hey everybody, welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. This is going to be an interesting episode today. Um, I have written notes and I have terrible handwriting and there's not a lot of comics connections, if any. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing new to mention as far as comic stuff and there's a couple MCU connections that are like mentioned but that's it yeah yeah um this might be a really short one yeah i'm sure we'll find something to rant about (laughs) i've got weird stuff i could i could get distracted by pretty easily i'm sure (laughs) for sure um before we get started we are a part of the but why though podcast community so be sure to check them out on twitter at but why though pc and their website at but why though podcast.com we are super proud to be a part of their community all right this is season two episode i wrote this is episode 18 i wrote 19 (laughs) but i know that's not correct see we're already off to a good start um and it's titled the frenemy of my enemy oh which means we get more ward which sucks um this episode was written by monica owusu brain and our good friend paul z not even trying (laughs) not even trying to pronounce his name um and then directed by uh Karen Gaviola, which I think that's a new name in the lineup. Of it's not one I I recognized. Yeah, me either. Um, the original air date was April twenty first, twenty fifteen, and we are nearing the end of season two. Which I like this season, but I'm kind of glad it's coming to an end because I like. There's so much more good stuff that happens in season three that I'm excited to get to and talk about. <laughs> the faster you get through some things, the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the end of this season is like pretty tragic and and compelling, but um, I'm excited to move on. Um, and honestly, I don't like Lincoln or Ward, and they're both in this episode. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think you echo my sentiments. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty Ward and Lincoln heavy. Yeah. So I had forgotten that Ward comes back and teams up with them. So that's just great. Yeah, that this nice episode surprise. is like oh. Gosh, <laughs> I, know. I know it's like really, and then the next episode is even weirder. Um, but we'll talk about that when we get to that. Okay, um, so we start off in San Francisco, and Fence is walking around in a suit and glasses, and he's in disguise, and he's being followed. Um, and he starts running, and then the guys are running after him, and he runs up some stairs and goes on the roof of a building and um, gets into a cloaked Quinjet, and then they fly away, and it's all good. He he made it. Good job, guys. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because he gets on the Quinjet and he's like, oh, hey, Mike, because Mike's piloting in. He's like, oh, how are your upgrades? And then Colson's like, OK, not now. Not now. We have to get away. <laughs> like, no catching up yet. Um, so after this, we go to a scene where um, uh, we are in. Oh, no, they're still on the Quinjet. Sorry. Here we go. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Okay, so we find I, out. I that- can't help you. I have no notes. I know. No. <laughs> um, so we find out that Strucker and List um, are experimenting on powered people, and um, they need to find Sky because they're worried that they're going to get to her and start experimenting on her. And so they have to make a deal with Ward um, because Ward is the only one they know that has connections to Hydra at this point, and Fitz is not happy about this. 
Um, next, we go to Lists Lab. And if you'll remember, in a previous episode, there was a kid named Ethan that was leaving Afterlife to go, I don't know, backpacking or whatever. Yeah, I think that's and- what he said. Yeah, something like that. And so that kid is in a body bag in List's lab. So they found him and they experimented on him and he did not survive, apparently. And so List mentions that they're looking for something called a quantum signature and they did not find it um, on this kid. So um, this kind of clues in that they're tracking Gordon somehow because obviously Gordon dropped Ethan off in in Europe. And so... Oh no, it's not good. Um, back at Afterlife, Cal and Jaying are having a conversation about um, basically how they've changed a lot and how they're not the people they used to be. And it's very obvious that Cal is like still in love with Jaying and she does not share the same feelings. <laughs> yeah, he kind of just um, wants to like like slide back into being like a family routine. Yeah, and she's very much like, that would be nice, but it's not going to happen. And um, she... She needs to get rid of him. He, this is, it's, I think it's causing her a lot of stress to have him there, like for multiple reasons. But I think she's getting a lot of pressure from the, the elders or whatever and the rest of the community. But, um, she knows that if she tells Cal he needs to leave, he's going to freak the fuck out. And so she's like, let's have Gordon go get you some things from, from home so you don't feel like you're a prisoner. And then she turns around and she makes this face like, oh God, what am I doing? I have to get rid of him. It's sad. Um, Sky and Lincoln are playing backgammon in her room, and they're talking about um, her family dinner. And she's like, "No," and and I mean, Lincoln just assumes that it was weird, but she's like, "No, it was actually really nice, and I really enjoyed myself." And um, she's like, "You know that Jiang sending Cal away, and it's not going to be good. Like he's going to be really upset by that, especially because we had such a nice time together." And it's really sweet how like Sky is such a good person. Like she feels empathy for Cal. And, you know, a couple episodes ago, she was like terrified of him and just like had wanted nothing to do with him. And here she is like, like, no, he he's my father. And he really was just trying to get our family back together this entire time. And it's really sweet to see. And it makes us as viewers, I think, change our opinion on him, even though I think that was already happening a little bit for me. I don't know about you. (laughs) 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 He's, He's. He's a crazy dude and he plays it well, but he doesn't, I don't know. It's like one of those situations where it's, he deserves a redemption, a a chance at redemption, but at the same time, he's done a lot of shitty things. And we've seen him do a lot of shitty things, like leaving him and Sky and Ward so he could go kill Whitehall. Yeah, I feel like (laughs) for me, I guess I more see where she's coming from because she wants so badly to like accept both of them but that's true at the same time like i'm not buying it really you know, I know. <laughs> well we only have what four more episodes to true to be with cal essentially that's kind of a spoiler but whatever <laughs> um so we go to what i'm assuming is uh, the playground, um, the base that was Coulson's and now is not. But um, Mac and Bobby are sparring and Mac is getting his ass kicked. Like Bobby is just like laying him out on the floor like over and over again. Um, and um, Bobby starts talking about how she's worried that they're focusing on the wrong things. Like they're focused. They're so focused on this witch hunt um, that, you know, 
Hydra is still out there and they're not doing anything about it. And Mac expresses like, yeah, I kind of feel the same, but also like this could all be over if we just find out the truth. Um, so it's interesting to see. I don't know. We've, we've kind of seen Bobby like struggle with the decisions that Gonzalez has made over the past couple episodes. And I think this is finally like her being able to voice that. <laughs> <laughs> um. And um, we go to I get May is in charge of the base, if you've forgotten. And um, we go to uh, her office, which is Colson's office. Um, and May is like, OK, we have to open this box and Simon or we have to, you know, it's, there's a tool being brought in from the aircraft carrier and they're going to be able to it can cut through vibranium. So we're going to be able to open this box. And Simmons is like, uh, I have something to tell you. <laughs> um, it's a fake. And so she explains that like, she switched the box and Fitz has the real one and like they're fucked. And May is like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, but May's like, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Like we'll fix it. Um, <laughs> God. Um, it's just funny how May's like, Simmons, what did you do? Like, such an exasperated mom tone and it's so great <laughs> um so we go to tijuana and um agent 33 is there in a restaurant a bar it's empty i'm not really sure what to call this anyway uh. colson shows up like i don't understand why this restaurant is empty um so Colson shows up and he's like, oh, hey, like we found you. Um, and then we cut to Ward, like getting in a car and he has he has like a little plant, obviously, that he's going to give Kara, a.k.a. Agent 33. And he picks up the phone. He's like, hey, babe. And it's Colson on the other end. He's like, hey, sweetie. <laughs> he's like, why don't you come come back and we'll we'll have a chat. And Ward's like, oh, fuck. No, that um, was that was a pretty great moment. Yeah. <laughs> hey, sweetie. <laughs> Um, so Ward actually does show up at the restaurant slash bar, whatever this is, that's empty. And, um, Mike is there and he scans Ward and he, with his x-ray vision and makes him take out all his weapons. And, um, 33 is like, are you okay? She's like, you shouldn't have come. And Ward's like, look, the fact that Mike hasn't killed me yet shows that they need me. So I'm good. Um, so Ward has a little sit down with Colson and Colson wants a deal, um, and he's like, look, if you help us find Hydra, if you help us find List and Von Strucker, like, um, we'll let you go and we're going to put you through the Tahiti protocol so that we erase your memories. And hopefully like, like Colson goes on this, like, um, he, he has this monologue about how somewhere deep down he knows, like, because Ward came to agent 33's rescue essentially like he does care and there is some good in him somewhere so maybe if we they erase all the bad shit like he'll be able to be a good person again <laughs> and he says that line of maybe there's still good left in you but damn that is like not a good deal and and come on man like you know ward is not gonna put up with that like ward even says like i like who i am as a person um which is nuts but that's another thing. <laughs> well, we already know that he is delusional and insane, even though he tries to say he is not insane, but whatever. <laughs> God. <sighs> and it's funny because Colson is just like, he very clearly like doesn't want this, but he has to. Like, this is his only option. And so he's just trying to make the best of it. And he's kind of being a little bit of a dick about it, but it's totally deserved. <laughs> like, because Ward is awful. 
Um, so we cut to the playground and Simmons is in the lab and she's still pretending that she can't figure out how to open this box. And May walks in with Bobby and she's like, okay, it's fine. I told her what happened. Um, and she actually didn't tell her exactly what happened. She said that Fitz switched the boxes. So she um, tried to like get Simmons off the hook, even though Simmons is the one that did it. And Simmons is not happy. Like May's like, um, you know, uh, there's another way that we could figure out like uh, figure this out can you hack into deathlock's feed and simmons just like yes that's fine i can do that that will be great like just the tone of her voice and she's just like oh it, it's like that petulant teenage like passive aggressive tone and it was great because like she wasn't looped into what was happening and she was very unhappy about it <laughs> um Meanwhile, on the Quinjet, Fitz is really unhappy with the ward arrangement. He's like, dude, like, of, like, this is such a bad idea. Like, there's, this is just, like, this, this is the worst idea ever. Um, and he's right. <laughs> <laughs> because it is. Um, even though it ends up working out. Spoiler alert. But it's, it's terrible. Um. So we go to Afterlife and um, Jai Ying is – she's talking to Gordon about Raina's gift of, like, premonitions. And she seems unhappy that Raina has this gift. I I was, like, trying to figure out, like – she's hard to read sometimes because I can't tell if she's just, like – sad because she's been tortured and she's lived a really terrible life essentially <laughs> or if she's like not she doesn't like that this is what she has because it's gonna reveal something that maybe she doesn't want revealed it's, i don't know no, it's true at this point i feel like it's very hard to get a read on Ying's just general state of mind and and like you only get the really real feeling like of any kind of joy or happiness like is her direct interaction uh you know, with Sky. Like, other than that, yeah. everything else just seems like really cold and detached. And I think in the first couple of times we see her, it sort of feels like it's maybe just like the pressure of being the leader in this role she has. But like, at this point, it does, it is kind of hard, hard to read. Like, is she just dispassionate or is she, does she have something against Raina for some reason? Or I don't even know. Like, is it, it wouldn't be like a stereotypical, you know, I feel like plotline form of jealousy, but it could be like jealousy because of the like potential like significance and importance of like that power where they like threaten her position in the Inhumans. Yeah. Like I, I, and just knowing that Reina is a master manipulator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a combination of all that, like her Reina's relationship to Cal and Sky and like, Raina is essentially the reason that Sky went through this change and that they're in this situation. Yeah, I feel I feel like she doesn't have like a motherly role really, but there is this nurturing or like just bringing out something aspect to it, mm -hmm. and that that I think could, could feel like when combined with the way she worked with with uh, Cal and and the idea of like her supplanting her in their community. I guess I could see just her being really threatened by her and knowing that she's someone who right now has no direction, feels super isolated from humanity and is a master manipulator and in the past has had like crazy ambition and success at 
yeah. using her manipulation and ambition. So it's like, I don't, I, I could see pretty much anyone being threatened by Reyna if they were smart. <laughs> like, like, like yeah. at least potentially. Like, I, I, like, I, not saying you should be paranoid or whatever, but just like, it doesn't seem crazy to think, like, oh, I got better keep my eye on her. Yeah. And it's interesting because, like, we see Gordon, who, like, it's funny because Jaying is very warm towards Lincoln. And Gordon, like, doesn't like Lincoln. You can tell. <laughs> like, but here, Gordon is very warm towards Reyna. And Jaying is a little cold towards Reyna. And it's just, I don't know, like, obviously, like, Gordon is able to connect with Reyna on a different a different level than Jaying or Lincoln. And I think that's an element there. But also just, like, Gordon seems excited by the prospect that she is, like, can, can prophesy, essentially. She can see the future. Um, that's, I don't know, it's just an interesting, like, difference in in the two of them that... I don't know. Also, like, I think you're onto something with like Reyna, like, kind of um, take not necessarily taking Jaying's place, but like Reyna has a relationship with people in Jaying's family where Jaying wasn't allowed to have that relationship for so long, like until now, and even now, like she can't really have that relationship because of A, B, and C. And Cal being a total freaking loony. <laughs> yeah. And then also like, um, you know, like she can't really be open about her and Sky's relationship because like she doesn't want to show favoritism. And I mean, not that like Raina and Sky have a great relationship, <laughs> like it's pretty adversarial, but I don't know. Like, I think you're right. I think it's like a power thing, but also like the fact that she's super connected to all of this and like they've put her in a desperate situation and like master manipulators that are desperate are like, you know, tend to go to extremes to like get what they want. So it's just not <laughs> essentially like trapped her here. And I don't know. It's, it's scary to think about. Um, so um, Sky walks in on this conversation and she's like, look, um, we can't just like leave Cal in the middle of nowhere he's going to freak the fuck out and like, I want to help him. Like, um, you know, let's, let's figure something out. And she's, Jai Ying is like super cold in this conversation because Sky's like, look, we're going to drop him somewhere and he's going to like kill people because he's going to be mad. And Jai Ying's like, those people aren't my responsibility, <laughs> which is like, whoa. I mean, I get it. Like her responsibility is to the inhumans, but Sky's like, no, like those people are my responsibility. Like I'm a shield agent. Like I am supposed to protect them. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 and Jiang's kind of like, look, you've, you know, you've had one dinner with him and you think you understand him. And Sky's like, I do understand him because like we are the same and that neither of us other ever gave up. And she's like, and I've done shitty things and, and broken laws to, to just find this tiniest sliver of information on you guys. And I don't even remember anything and cal remembers everything so like she's like i get it like i understand what he's going through and she's like let me be the one to talk to him and tell him um which is i don't know it's really sweet but yeah jane just like these people aren't my responsibility really like <laughs> she just like doesn't care dude it's crazy so um 
We go back to TJ and 33 and Ward are like sitting in the backseat of their car and they're scheming and being lovebirds and making out. And um, it's just really gross. And who is it? Mike or Colson that walks in is like, hey, hey, break it up, you two. <laughs> like <laughs> with like a flashlight in the car. But anyway, they go to the back of the car and they open the trunk and Bakshi is in the trunk. So apparently they're going to use Bakshi to like infiltrate Hydra. And he gets all scared because like Bakshi sees Coulson and Ward's like, don't worry, like Coulson, we're working with Coulson this time. And it's just, it's very confusing for everybody. Oh yeah. Like, and and just the way he, like, I don't really like it. Like, yeah, yeah, I know he's a bad guy and whatnot, but I don't love like the way he's acting like a beaten dog, you know, like, like, I know. it's, and I know that it's also like not, you know, it's, it's Ward doing it and they're working with Ward. This is not anyone's on our, on our hero's side, like first uh, resort it's not it's not it's not their choice it's just the situation they find themselves kind of forced into but it's still kind of gross to see colson like smiling or whatever next next yeah. to ward doing this stuff like it just feels like what i don't like that yeah i don't like that either like i wish he would at least be a little less excited that this plan is going well yeah and i think <laughs> that that is it is he's just like oh Oh, thank God, this isn't all falling apart. And I, I, I guess I could sort of understand like why he'd be just like thrilled that it's not falling apart. That Ward hasn't like shot him yet or whatever. But it's like at the same time, yeah, it's just not nice seeing that. And doesn't feel true to his character to be okay with that. I don't know. I know. I feel the same way. I think maybe that's why I was like uncomfortable with this episode because, I mean not the there's the obvious reasons ward being around and and him and 33 and their weird fucked up relationship but just like maybe it's colson's reaction it's like colson and jaying are these two people that we thought were or i mean we still know colson is a good guy but jaying we thought was like a good person and now we're kind of like seeing this other side of her where she's like being weird towards reyna and she doesn't care what happens to innocent people and then colson is like joining up with these awful people and kind of reveling in the fact that his plan is going according to plan but i don't know i don't like it either <laughs> it's weird um so sky goes to cal in afterlife and she's you know cal's talking about how or i i can't remember who said what but sky's like oh you're going home um to you know get some stuff and Cal's like yeah 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 i'm going home um and they mentioned that wisconsin is home milwaukee wisconsin and um she's like well why don't i go with you um we can have you know, like a, a day together. Um, and Cal's like super excited by this. And he's like, yeah, best day ever. Yes. No. God. Oh man. And yeah, he's just all over the place. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. He's, I mean, obviously like it's sky is going with him to soften the blow of like, he's not coming back and you know, they can still like have a relationship even if he's not going to be in afterlife with them. But like, he's just, he has used best day ever in so many different circumstances that were not appropriate. And this is finally the first time where he uses this word is, but it still has the connotation <laughs> of him being a crazy person. Like it, it's, oh, yeah. it's built like this, like, Here's Johnny esque <laughs> like quality almost, you know? <laughs> for sure. It's like that sure. shouldn't be weird, but it's been forever yeah. changed. <laughs> he God. does and his whole his whole crazy ever. vibe is just like a, it's very much here's Johnny. It's very much uh you know, Jack in in The Shining to me. Like it's just like this guy is just snapped. And no, that's uh 
It is it is a weird he's moment like just, when he has that line. Just yeah. short of snapping too. Always it like, feels like. <laughs> oh. That that is that is how he plays this character. And it's not how he plays everybody, like by any means. But but that is that's yeah. this that's the difference between this guy and Dale Cooper or uh what was Charlotte's husband on Sex in the City? Is that right? Yes. And, uh, yeah, I forget his name. And then the yeah. other one, uh oh, what is it that's slipping my mind right now? But so he was in Dune. Oh, yes, too, he is. He's the the, the can watch he's Rock. Paul <laughs> yeah, Atreides, he's, he's, the, yeah. he's the, the, big, the big dude. He's the, like the important yeah. pro- pro- prophesized guy. And uh, yeah. oh, there's something else that he's really. Oh, he, he's <laughs> he's the best part of Portlandia because the. I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, actually, the reality <laughs> of Portlandia is that's just way too real. <laughs> like that's just that's way too actually what Portland is like. It's it's. Uh, so it's just a bunch of like well-intentioned white liberals and crazy people, but. But if uh, a just as crazy version of, of him, <laughs> you know, of uh, Kyle McLaughlin yeah. as Cal, but like instead of, you know, snapping and killing people, he uh, is the mayor of Portland and has to snap and he disappeared in one episode. And it's like the, one of the only ones that has a narrative thread through all the sketches where uh, the main characters or whatever, the hosts, uh, Fred Armisen and, and uh, Carrie are trying to find him as the mayor because they're his best friends in the show as well like their characters are for whatever reason friends (laughs) with the mayor and they're trying to find him because he's missing and he is just just ducking out of work for a few days because he's a the bassist in a uh, reggae band (laughs) in portland (laughs) and it's so like like i wish so much that he was was the actual mayor of portland when i lived when i lived there i was just like (laughs) i loved it i loved it so much and the best part was his intern who helped him with the internet and helped him with his computer in the mayor's office in every episode but where it actually was in the mayor's office they let them film there and the person who played his intern was the real mayor at the time sam adams the mayor of Portland. <laughs> oh my god that's amazing i didn't know that oh, it's, it, I, I i haven't watched the show in years like i know i think it's over now but i i, I think like, i didn't watch it for like the last half of it but yeah, first. I only saw like a few episodes, and I was like, I don't understand this because I'd never been to Portland, <laughs> so I didn't get it. The first couple were really, really funny, but then like, I think it was it's funny because it was right after my brother Andrew moved there, uh, the third of three brothers to move there. Uh, but afterward, he was like, <laughs> I hate Portlandia because I think it's the reason why a bunch of jerks have moved here because I think it's funny and want to watch and laugh at the freaks. But like now it's just a bunch of yuppies from California. It's not freaks anymore. Yeah. But it's totally true. And like it's weird now because like in addition to all the unintentional systemic racism, now there's just a bunch of rich people who again have good intentions, but they've like just gentrified the shit out of places. And there's literally like blocks yeah. of places where there's condos that no one lives in still. Like I've been gone for three years and I went back at Christmas. It's like there's like 12 units out of like 200 rented because no one can afford the condos. And like, it's like, it's just insane. Everyone who actually lived there before has been pushed out to the suburbs. It's a, that's a weird uh, digression for sure, but it is related to Kyle McLaughlin. Watch Portlandia. (laughs) If you like Kyle McLaughlin. 
It's really funny that you say like all the all the people from California watched Portlandia and then moved up there because we used to make fun of like all my like stupid hipster not, I don't know if they're friends but acquaintances. <laughs> I gotcha. They, they like all these people moved to Portland and we we're like oh they made the Portland move like we literally had a, a name for it because like so many people were moving up to Portland for a time and then they've moved back since because they're like dude can't handle this. <laughs> I can't even. But, I, uh... I can't remember what it's in reference to. I think it might have been something that was from like some, it might be from Portlandia, but somebody has a line where they're like, most people from Portland are just from Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. It's like at a certain point, it was like everyone I knew there was specifically an import. Either either somebody was already from Oregon or they were an import from California or from Brooklyn. (laughs) It's just like, and they were, like you say, just like hipsters who were like, oh no, it seems fun seems like the kind of place I would want to be. And like, yeah. like that's definitely, it appealed to three people who hated being in Arizona for all the reasons it is like Portland, port, port the, the Portlandia vision of, of Portland, like the idea of this, this like paradise, this, this, and then the first episode, it's about uh, Carrie visiting Fred Armisen after he moved from LA to Portland and, uh, or, or maybe vice versa. And it's, it's a, uh, the dream of the nineties is alive in Portland is the musical number. And it's like, you don't have to have a job and like, like everybody just walks around and like most people are just baristas. <laughs> like, like, oh like, like, everybody has tattoos and, and piercings and everybody hates everything. And yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> it, 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 there is like this appeal. Of, like, But what's weird to me is like, it was super appealing to me because I was from like this super conservative place that was like, everybody worked with, like Mexican American people, but then like behind their backs, talk shit about them. And I was like, what the, f- like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. none of you people make any sense. And I had to get out and I sort of both my brothers and like, but like, I don't understand why people who already live in the, like, if you live in LA or, or Brooklyn, it's like, why would you want to go to some weird non city? <laughs> like, that's like cut off from everything. Everything closes at eight. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I well, I think what it is, is it, it comes down to like, oh, like we want to seem like we're into like diversity and like we're into like liberal politics, but we live in these places where these people actually live and we don't actually want to be around them. <laughs> like we want to be in like some some white paradise. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I think they, they like, saw through some bullshit and saw what it really is maybe <laughs> and gravitated towards something like like spoke to them. Whereas I feel like my brothers and I fell for the bullshit. Like we were like, like oh, this place is... Seems way more diverse than Phoenix. I'm going to say one more thing about Portland and then we can move <laughs> on is I went to a Thai restaurant when I was in Portland um, oh, man. and <laughs> I had a white server and it just blew my mind because I have never like in LA, I've never been to a Thai restaurant where there weren't Thai or Cambodian people or Vietnamese people working the front of the house. Like, and I was like, you're a white person serving me Thai food. Like, this is weird. Like, <laughs> I mean, like the owners of the restaurant were Thai and I think like the cooks and stuff were Thai, but it was just, I was like, this is totally Portland because there's like nowhere else. I could not find this in LA anywhere. Like, this is the only place I could find something like this. It's like a white person being a server at a Thai restaurant. Oh God. Anyway. <laughs> Portland. Portland's I enjoy visiting Portland I had a good time I have friends that live up there they have great beer the food is great but it was it is a weird place um yep no place is I'm perfect I but there. I wouldn't want to no. live there anymore. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Unless Kyle MacLachlan was a cartoon mayor, and then I might, I would consider living there oh if he God. were, if he were the mayor. <laughs> anyway, bottom line is uh, Cal is nuts and Portland's weird. <laughs> Okay, back to the episode. <laughs> so, um, we go to the Quinjet, and it's Hunter, Colson, Fitz, Ward, thirty three, and Mike. They are all there, and they're flying, and they have hours on the plane still until they get to where they need to go. And of course, fucking Ward is like, "Hey, Fitz, how have you been?" Like an asshole. And Fitz just loses it and he like jumps out of his seat and tries to attack him and like Hunter and Coulson have to hold him back and it's like a whole thing and Fitz is like, this is a bad idea. Like I told you this from the beginning, it's a bad idea and we all know it's a bad idea. And he's like, how do we know that he's not going to double cross us? He already double crossed us. And Coulson's like, don't worry, like Mike is going to go with Bakshi. Um, in, oh, I guess Bakshi's there too. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> Um, Mike is going to go into Hydra with Bakshi um, so that we can monitor everything that's happening and it's fine. And Ward's like, dude, I didn't know you you guys were going to do that. And he's like, what? He'll be a bodyguard. Like Bakshi knows how to talk his way out of situations. And Bakshi has this like, yes, I've been told that is one of my fortes type of like line. And it's just so weird because like, like you said, like, we don't like Bakshi, like he's a terrible person, but it's really weird to see him like this and just have Coulson be okay with it. I don't know. It's so confusing. I don't like this. Um, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> so no, it's not. Um, so Gemma is working on hacking into Mike's feed and she is mad at May and May comes in and she's like, how's it going? She's any progress. And she's just like, nope, <laughs> like not even like a, I'm working, you know, don't worry. I'm working on it. She's just super short. And, um, he's like, look, like if I would have told them the truth, you'd be in a cell right now. And, um, Simmons is like, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Like you're on their side. And he's like, no, like I'm not on their side, but like Colson did leave a lot of questions in his wake and we need to figure out what's going on because it doesn't look good. And, you know, she's like, I was covering for you to protect you. Um, and I mean, they're both right. <laughs> like Gemma has a point. May has a point. It's hard to see everybody at this point. Um, everyone's having a hard time. Um, so Gordon takes Cal and Sky to Milwaukee and they're in some alley somewhere. <laughs> and Cal's like, beat it, Gordo. <laughs> Sky's like, hey, be nice. <laughs> like Everyone has issues with Gordon. It's funny. Um, and they're kind of walking around and Cal's like, oh, you know, there's a really great pastry place around the corner. And they walk around the corner and it's no longer a pastry place. It's a currency exchange. And he's quickly finding out that everything in this in this town has changed since he's been back. Um, and Cal starts talking to her about how, you know, like all the things that he wanted for her, like he worked here, like Jiaying was going to come back and try to go to medical school here. There was a charter school around the corner they were going to take Sky to, and Cal was going to walk her to school every day and help her with her science projects and go to mother-daughter dances. And Cal's like, yeah, it's nice to think about what could have been. And they're both super bummed at the end of this conversation <laughs> and they decide to go get ice cream. And and Sky is just kind of like, oh my god, like she's finding trying to find an opening to tell him that he's not coming back, and there's just not a good opening yet. <laughs> um, so we go back to Bakshi and gang, and Bakshi is with List on a plane, on List plane, and um, he offers Mike as a gift. 
to list, um, which was not part of the plan, at least as far as we knew. And so all of a sudden on the Quinjet, everyone watching the feed like draws their guns and then Fitz has a knife to his throat. And Coulson's like, what the fuck are you doing? And Ward's like, look, if he didn't have anything to offer him, like it was, he wasn't going to get in. Like this is, this is how we get into Hydra is, is through Mike being like a sacrifice. (laughs) And Mike starts targeting everybody like with his like arm rocket thing. And Fitz is like, dude, like uh, we have a problem. And so they all like have like a little ceasefire. They let go. And Fitz is like, just play along. He tells Mike to play along. And so, um, and actually in this scene, we find out that list is tracking Gordon. He talks about that quantum entanglement thing. And so um, Gordon just dropped off Cal and Sky in Milwaukee. And so they have tracked Gordon to that location. So it looks like Hydra is going to Milwaukee. <laughs> God, everyone's coming together. Um, so as Sky and Cal are walking to go get ice cream, um, Sky bumps into a guy and steals his phone to call May. And um, um, Cal goes into a liquor store to get ice cream. And, and Sky's like, May, like, I can't talk, but like, um, I'm, you know, I'm with Cal. I, he, he's going to be really dangerous in a little bit. You guys need to come get him. Um, I'm okay. Like I can't explain right now, but please like just, um, just come. And so she like leaves the line open, but throws the phone in the trash and they're able to track her location. And May decides to send um, uh, Mac and Bobby in to, to figure out what's going on. Well, and there was an interesting moment I thought with, uh, with the way Cal is, I mean, it's, it's par for the course, but it was just, it, it was when she did bump into the dude to get his phone because Cal flipped out on the dude. And then she was like, oh, no, it's OK. You know, like she wanted to downplay it because I mean, probably, probably because she took the phone, yeah. but also not also not to set him off. But and he's like he'd gone from like zero to 60, like he was just filled with rage. And then the second uh, that that. Uh, Sky was like, you know, cal- just calm down. Like, it's okay. It's fine. He, he, I forget what he said. He was like, oh, yeah, it's cool. We're chilled out. Or whatever. <laughs> like, like, I, I don't know what he said, but it was so weird. Like, I, like, yeah. I just remember feeling like that is so awkward and like does not feel right at all. Yeah. Like, nothing about that felt right. He's just so crazy. And then she like distracts him like a five-year-old. Oh, I bet there's ice cream in there. Why don't you go get ice cream? He's like, okay. <laughs> just like walks off. Like, Oh, it's, it's so true. Like he is – at this point, like it feels like she could just be like, "Hey, look over there," yeah. and he would just look smiling, be like, "What am I looking at?" For like a minute before he turned around. I know, um, but it's really cute how she's the one who can like kind of moderate that behavior in him because like he loves her. No, I know, I, I do know what you mean. Like when you say that, like you kind of want to, like it's not you're not quite like at the point of actually rooting for him, but like you yeah. want to, you know, like they they've got enough enough not goodness but like i don't know he's he even though he's pretty beyond maybe hope he or it feels like it he still loves her you know yeah that's like that's what redeems him is his love for his daughter and like everything that he did was to get to her you know um except for the one time he abandoned her for for violent revenge right but i mean like he thought he was protecting her by leaving her behind you know and it was like extenuating circumstances this was the guy who who he at the time thought murdered his wife it's like or or i guess he he didn't viewers did uh you did for a while past that 
<laughs> no, uh, no, he, but he knew what he what, what he knew what he'd done to his wife. Like, 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 there's a reason why he was that revenge based. I don't think I ever would be for any reason. Like, I'm pretty down on revenge, but uh, it's still for human instinct. Like, yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, he's not necessarily in a stable place either <laughs> to like there's all those liam neeson and... movies about it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh still i can't believe that they didn't do uh, a fourth one called oh Forkin. anyway <laughs> i don't even know what they did a third one but i think they did like, the three i'm pretty sure that's why oh i think god. they should do one it's t4k oh, okay. yeah. oh my god anyway <laughs> so, <laughs> um so um what happened where are we oh so sky stole the phone and she yes. throws the phone in the trash and she leaves the line open so that shield can follow so her. everyone can converge and, on milwaukee right yes exactly and so um cal decides to take sky to his old office like where his practice was and we discover that um lincoln is tailing them too so lincoln is also converging at one point with everybody um and um, we find out that uh, uh, Gordon talks to Jaying and he's he's like, look, um, you know, Lincoln's there. It's fine. Or Jaying says Lincoln's there. I can't remember who says what. Anyway, Lincoln is there. So she it's OK. Like, it's going to be OK. But also Ethan is missing. And that's the guy that was in the body bag at the beginning of the episode. So we we go to Cal's practice and um, uh, Sky sees the name on the door and it's his uh, Kel's last name is Johnson and she's like oh Johnson it's like so normal and Kel's like yeah I took on a more sinister last name when I decided to go after you <laughs> Zabo is, is also so sinister. Like, like like that's just like isn't that just like vaguely like xenophobic against like Eastern Europeans <laughs> right <laughs> I like, it's like I <laughs> like that's really that was my thought right there it was like it's like Zabo isn't like you didn't change your last name to like you, you know Killjoy or something yeah. <laughs> like, like like that I could see or if it was like yeah. literally Hyde like like with a Y yeah. or whatever but no no you chose Zabo like yeah unless you're like like no I grew up in a, in a town where uh, this Polish guy was married everyone hated him <laughs> I don't know, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah it's a little weird so sinister but yeah so so sky sees the name and she starts to try out daisy johnson and i think that's the first time that we hear that in the show her say daisy johnson right i believe so i think this is finally all the times we've edited stuff out and we knew his name they did reveal (laughs) his name so we knew everything but it's 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 like it's here it's it's finally arrived yeah yeah finally um so they go into cal's office and um uh, she sees like the little hula girl on his desk and he's like oh that's not a coincidence it's genetics (laughs) like we both have one um and and cal like shows shows sky the the med kit that he used to stitch (laughs) her mom back together that was like his, his father's from world war ii and he's you know still kind of going down memory lane and sky's like look like she has to have this hard conversation with him. Like we can't go back. Like I'm an adult and like you and Jiang aren't together anymore, even though you love her. Like we just, we can't go back. Like things are different now. And Cal's like, no, I understand. Um, I, I get that. And it's, it's really, I don't know. It's, it, this was kind of a heartbreaking scene to watch her have to like present that reality to this man who like everything he's basically spent his entire life, like 
trying to get to this moment to have what he lost and he can't have what he lost because they can't go back. <laughs> like they have to have like a different relationship now. And you can tell that Sky was about to tell him like, oh, you know, you have to stay here. But then they hear a noise and it's Lincoln. He shows up and um, Cal gets mad because he realizes that he was going to be left behind and Jaying like didn't want him there. And he starts getting angry and he throws Lincoln on the ground and Sky's like trying to stop him. And then Hydra shows up at the same time and then Shield shows up. So everybody's here. <laughs> right, not Shield, but Coulson um, and Ward show up. What what uh what Gonzalez would refer to as the fake shield, I guess. <laughs> the fake shield, yeah, not the real shield. Um, and then like um, Cal's like, "You guys get out of here. Like, I'll take care of this." And he has that same line that he always uses, like, "Let's not lose our heads." <laughs> like he has the "Let's not lose our heads," and everybody stay calm. And best day ever are just like quintessential Cal lines at this point. And and then he. And then he smashes a guy's head in as he's saying this and takes all these people out. Um, anyway, so Lincoln is like, you get out of here. And they like, I forget what happens if someone tries to shoot at them. And so they fall into like a doorway and Sky like lands on top of him. And it's just this like forced romance thing because Lincoln is so such a mediocre white man. <laughs> I just like this made me roll my eyes so much because she like lands on top of him he's like you have to get out of here go go like we'll handle this and she runs off and it's like you know sky would not have done that like i don't know it bothered me (laughs) um so uh mike is mike is is still technically working for hydra at this point if you'll remember like he's like still playing along and so he you know hydra sends him in to go like grab whatever they think is there and he runs into lincoln and lincoln tries to take him out and mike doesn't go down and lincoln's like what are you made of um and uh colson hunter 33 ward everybody they're like trying to get up to where everybody is and um ward and colson run off and hunter's like hey where's your boyfriend going uh to 33 and he gets shot in the leg or somewhere and so he's down and 33 is trying to help him and then colson and ward run into mike and um he's like like this is not going how it's supposed to be going and then um fitz realizes that someone's hacking into mike's feed so Gemma is now hacking into mike's feed and of course the feed comes up right as mike is looking at colson and ward so that's the first thing that may and Gemma see is grant ward and they're like what the fuck (laughs) like it's just like the worst timing ever and then um, Hydra runs into um, Lincoln and Mike because Ward and Coulson are like, oh, Sky's here. Like, we're going to go after Sky because um, Mike is like, I think this dude is like protecting Sky. Um, and so Hydra captures Lincoln and Mike. They like use some weird thing to make them pass out. And then Sky runs into Coulson and Ward and she's like, what? Why are you with like she's just confused about it. And then Gordon comes in and takes her away and then cal jumps into their little bubble so he goes with them (laughs) so it's just like a huge mess and then they just leave and colson's like damn it i miss them and ward makes this really good point like hey like hunter's down we're like outmanned and outgunned like hydra's here like we you know we've lost mike like our only backup is fits like we we gotta go like this is not good and so they decide to pull out um 
Oh, God. Um, and the end scene is Mac and Bobby showing up um, after the fact. And they're like, yeah, it looks like we missed them by like maybe an hour or so. And Coulson is still there. He's sitting in Kel's office and he's like, hey, guys, he's like, I, I doubled back after Hydra left and their their cleanup team really sucks. And they're like, what are you doing here? And he stands up and puts his hands up and he's like, take me to your leader. <laughs> Just like so Coulson, but so cheesy. It was great. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> So plenty of things to hate about this episode. Lincoln and Sky, like Meh. I mean, at Meh. least there wasn't at least most of the stuff with Sky this episode was centered around her dad. So it wasn't a lot of yeah. a lot with Lincoln and, and their growing romance. Um <laughs> their growing forest romance. <laughs> uh I'm trying to think. Uh, pre spoilery stuff, I guess, and also part of discussion would be there's a couple Marvel cinematic universe mentions. Uh, they mentioned Strucker and list before we actually see list. And they mentioned specifically, but they are studying how to like, uh, both start studying powered individuals. And I think like how to make powered individuals, yeah. uh, which is yeah. directly connects to a movie that would come out right or right after this, uh, which I believe, uh, which was uh, the second Avengers movie, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I kind of forgot that that came out during this time because there's, we'll get into, let's do spoiler section time because <laughs> I want to talk about this a little bit. <laughs> Might as well. I mean, like, um, I, like you, I think you covered it. It's We hate Ward and Lincoln. There's not a whole lot we were yeah. going to get into other than that, other than the show. <laughs> What happened this episode? That and don't move to Portland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Oh my god. <laughs> great, great episode. Um, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. We're just winning today. We're just making a lot of um, sense. Yeah. Um. So I like completely <laughs> forgot that Ultron even happened in this Shield timeline because it is literally like, like obviously we know after next episode that like theta protocol and all that stuff was like tied into age of Ultron. But like the way that they presented it in the season, it was very confusing. And like, I know they did that on purpose to like make it seem like Coulson was up to something that he shouldn't have been up to. But when it gets even more like direct next episode, like I'll, we'll mention other stuff yeah. in the spoiler section for the next episode, but like, yeah, it's preposterous. <laughs> like because they make these direct references, but I think they are so inside baseball. But like I even think if I were watching it as it was coming out at the time, I would I would have missed it. Yeah, yeah. Like which isn't when you think about like I don't know, I don't get it. I catch everything, but that's just pretty rare, you know, for for me to miss like something that connects a a movie and a show or comic book based. To like as as significantly as this does but the way they present it is like i don't know it, it feels like it's it feels like it's unimportant background information the way it's kind of snuck in but, yeah. but like the like when they talk about uh, how the space physics like the, the fake sci-fi of like how a spaceship travels like 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 yeah it's it sounds like it's that kind of of discussion of theta protocol you know a lot like it isn't we don't think about how oh no this directly ties into what's going on in that movie yeah yeah i don't know and i don't know if that's just like marvel's trying to be secretive because they've been increasingly more and more secretive with every film that's come out about like 
plot stuff and like character reveals maybe more so with like infinity war and endgame but well, and this seems to be th- around the era that like the real split between the studios began like i think this is around the time that fee forced uh uh prom- ike promoter out from the film yeah. side so like at this point he's he's gonna stop asking for stuff from them yeah and because they don't have that common thread in common you know like he, how do you write stuff around something you don't know that's going to happen? Like <laughs> and it sucks because like I get the feeling like Jeff Loeb and everyone else would be willing to work with them, and I don't think there's like it doesn't seem like I don't think that Feige was like mad considering they just put you know James Darcy in Endgame. I don't think Feige <laughs> right. is upset with them. It does it feels like it's a one sided feud because one guy is mad that he's only making a bunch of money off of these movies and doesn't get to like throw his hat in the ring and have like a say. Which I mean, I I That's do so lame. It's 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 like, like I I get it. Like, I guess in theory, but then like I think about it from like more than like a split second. I don't need more because it just it, it feels like it's super emblematic of like white uh, supremacy and like white fragility. It's like the idea of being afraid of like having to share anything. Yeah, it's like what what was he doing? Like he's like the third executive producer, you know. Yeah. What was what was he? What decisions was he making that are really important? What what like the only thing <laughs> that you can see that's a marked difference is that they haven't fired auteur directors like Patty Jenkins and Edgar Wright anymore. Right. Yeah. It's like like hey, they're doing better without me, and I'm still going to profit off of it. I'm mad about that. <laughs> like, like like you're doing less work and getting less flack and still making money. I would be yeah. cool with this. Avi Arad, he's one of the guys that bailed out Marvel when they went bankrupt in the 90s. So like mm. he's still making all this money even though he sold to Disney, you know, he got yeah. shares and whatnot. And like I don't think he's mad about not making these creative choices. <laughs> no, I'm cool. Like like, like like those dudes, those guys are uh are rich dudes and uh yeah. Well, you think about like for example, I mean, a different fandom, George Lucas, like selling Lucasfilm. Like I don't necessarily like he's still kind of a part of the creative process. Like you don't see him being like completely shut out of everything. It's interesting because it seemed like like it was wasn't it doesn't seem like it was Lucasfilm's call, but it seems like he shut himself out completely for Force Awakens. And when people did interviews with it, like because I remember someone caught him, I think maybe because he was doing stuff uh, for Red Tails, maybe Uh still uh, because they were like in the award season. Right, right, as like the promotion first gotten really into high gear for uh, for the Force Awakens, and people asked him, like, you had announced that you were working on a follow up uh, trilogy, and then you canceled that and sold like right after you you announced yeah. it. Like you were working on Clone Wars and you made this announcement. And like, like, why did you do that? He goes, people just you know they kept complaining about all the stuff that I made. Like, if you know, for the last three you made, everybody just says you messed up like why would i want to do that and uh, like so i feel like looking at that interview and like the way it seemed to go down it seems like it was all his choice like it was just like i want to back off because i sold it but then they asked him to come on set you know and you assume they did for that for that and he just declined Mm -hmm. but they asked him to come on set for rogue one he said it was like a lot of fun and then they asked him to do the same thing you know for everything else like he had he had nice things to say about all of them. And I remember, Oh, I just remember one of the other interviews he, he, where he uh, had said when they asked him if he had anything to do with that, with a uh, episode seven with um, force awakens, he said, no. 
because he wanted to be able to see it like a fan. Yeah. He said, there's never been a Star Wars that I've ever been able to see and not know what's going to happen. I feel like there was another interview that he kind of like um, contradicted what he said about like, no one ever liked what I made. And so like, I may as well have sold it type of thing. I feel like, because we all know George Lucas is not a, not big on oh. continuity. <laughs> like, no, he's the least. Well, like, I love the way you said that. Like, I've never, I've never heard it put that way, but it's so great because it's, true whether it's fiction or his own narrative yeah because it's like I, I love all it just reminds me of like all the magazine interviews from like sci-fi magazines when i was a kid that were like oh no it was always going to end with episodes six you know it was always only supposed to be the prequels and this and like like this is before the prequels were even going to be yeah. made he was like it was always always just six parts and there are other interviews from like within like a period of like three years where it's like, Oh, it's, it's nine parts. <laughs> if I, if I really, if I'm ever going to go back to it, I'll do the prequels first and then I'll do the next three. And there's another one where he says it's 12 yeah. parts. He's there are, there's interviews where he says, Oh, it's always been 12 <laughs> yeah. parts. It's like, this is not possible, dude. But I feel like it, it, I feel like when you think about like, again, also something he made up where he's like, Oh, it's all always been about Joseph Campbell and the power of myth. It's like, that's not true either. <laughs> but part of that, which he is fascinated by and into now, part of that is like, it's gotta be like mythological and <laughs> like obscuring the origins, like having, having on record five contradictory stories <laughs> from the creator with no one else in the room, no reason. And he's not like senile. Like it's all like a period of like, Oh, he's oh like between like, the ages like 33 and 38. He just makes up all this crazy crap. Oh my God. But it's totally true. And I feel like as a result, it's like, oh, Star Wars. It's like, who knows where it comes from? It's like, it's as mysterious as King Arthur. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Just like, so I just, I have a hard time taking anything that he says seriously because I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, no, I don't know if that's actually the you. reason. I mean, maybe it's like more than one reason. And so he's just giving a different reason every time he's interviewed. But I don't know. <laughs> I like that idea too. Like, I like. Oh man, but this is the guy who introduced before, before all like the you know extra secret sisters and stuff. The from a from a certain point of view, he introduced that idea. Right. <laughs> like, like, like he just he was cool with just changing stuff at the last minute. Oh, and it drives me crazy. I can't like <laughs> the first two drafts of Empire. After he and Minch, <laughs> which was Yoda's yeah. name, after Luke trained with Minch, he went into that cave, saw Anakin Skywalker, who was a forest ghost, and then the two of them confronted uh, Vader, who was also projecting into the forest, <laughs> and they fought because Vader was not right. Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> that part of the story that that, uh, that Obi-Wan laid out was totally true. <laughs> like They were all three Jedi Knights together, and Vader betrayed them. Oh like, God. And then, and he just changed his mind. Like, <laughs> there's something to be said, though. Like again, like you look at the ending to uh, "How I Met Your Mother" versus the original trilogy, and one has stood this test of time, and one everybody hates. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you stick to your guns and refuse to change things for no reason, yeah. and it's not great. It's like such a power <laughs> move, too. Like he's, you know, just like, how, like <laughs> you could just change shit and like. Be like, oh yeah, it was always meant to be like that when clearly it wasn't. Like there's evidence that it wasn't. And you're just like, no, that's not and, true. And if you're pressed, <laughs> then you admit it. It's like, but wait, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like he's, he's, he's amazing. He is. He is. It cracks me up. I know some people don't like him, but I love I him. I know. Um, well, I don't like a lot of his writing, but that aspect of him oh, cracks yeah, no, me up and it also drives me nuts because I'm just like, how can you just not say 
like how could you just don't care? <laughs> like that's what it comes down to. And it's like not even just his real life, but like his storytelling too. Like there's just not continuity. Uh, like, no, it's definitely true. Like, I don't understand how that doesn't bother him. I know it bothers you, like just because. Of, oh no, like, I used you... to like to know in, but like I, I, in a weird way, it's like helped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like his attitude about Star Wars makes it a lot easier to be a Star That's Wars true. fan, like for That's sure. True. And like, I just no, it's uh, I, 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 it's a, uh, it's similar to like comic fandom for sure, and it's interesting now with like post end game world like all of the fan theories where it's oh this is going to be how they're going to introduce you know the fox properties yeah. and this and that they're just going to bring over a whole world into it which i don't think is what they're going to do but it's it's got all this discussion and i'm hearing all these people talking about it and reading all this stuff now and it's cracking me up because it's all this shit that like comic readers have been thinking about and dealing with and stupid stupid stuff nobody should care about but it's been all this stuff that like people been thinking about for like 50 60 years but it's just a small group of nerds yeah. and now everyone else is doing that and like in a weird way i think like we always credit different uh, comic book movies for uh for making it more mainstream but i i, I just like it kind of dawned on me that at the same time that the marvel cinematic universe was building and it's because it's partially because when we're recording this it's the the finale of uh, game of thrones will be on later on but Game of Thrones made genre stuff more mainstream. Yeah, for sure. Like it made nerd stuff like just something that was the one show everyone was talking about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's in like just has unrivaled viewership. Yeah. Like when everyone was talking about Sopranos, a third of the households had HBO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't really everyone. It was everyone who wrote for Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a lot of people, but. But literally, like, I go to work and I, like, have lunch meetings and everyone is talking about Game of Thrones, like, the most recent Game of Thrones episode. I'm like, this is bonkers. Like, I've never been – I've never experienced anything like it. But you're right because it's like it, – this is a fantasy series, like, and people are talking about this. This is like people talking about Lord of the Rings, like – all the time <laughs> like it is and like lord of the and lord, yeah lord of the rings was like it, it got to that point but it's like i feel like because they came out once a year for three years and then ended yeah. or even the or even like the harry potter stuff that like lasted a lot longer it's like they all had expiration yeah. dates i think that was part of that was part of their mainstream appeal is like i can commit to three of these and then i'm done yeah. like, 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 but but no this is it, it's i feel like it is a little bit responsible for like or, or or not not responsible but i feel like it worked together with like the mcu to like really normalize nerd stuff yeah. and like now every comic book thing <laughs> you know gets a tv show or a movie or yeah it's weird yeah. it's super weird it's very weird um one more thing that has nothing to do with any of this before we wrap up because we're starting to get off the rails <laughs> that's true um i wanted to mention on our show, because I mentioned on my other show, Les Beautiful Town, that about my dream that I had about <laughs> being in love with Colson. <laughs> yes, so no, you'd, you'd mentioned this to me. So <laughs> this is important to talk about on this it show is. for sure. So I had a dream I was in love with Colson and we both had superpowers. <laughs> and, but when we came together, our superpowers were stronger. And um, you mentioned that it's like a reverse Hancock, which we've talked about on the show in the past. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> and there were like these aliens invading. And so we had to like, like team up 
to like take out these aliens i've clearly been watching way too much sci-fi and comic book movies lately because i'm having dreams about this but i was kind of like really colson is who i'm in love with like not <laughs> thor or captain america or even like bruce banner like colson it was, it was it was very odd but it totally made sense to me in the dream at the time <laughs> like and if dream analysis is to be believed which I don't really know if it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, that's one of those things that I'm super skeptical about. Like, I, I, I don't know enough about it to like dismiss it, but it, but it feels like, I don't know. Because, I mean, it's just hard to remember <laughs> a dream, you know? Yeah. Like, how do you know? But, uh, you know, it's supposedly not supposed to be taken super literally. So, like, it's just like, because he is like a dad figure or something or or... Maybe he has nothing to do with romance at all. It's just a metaphor for something yeah, else. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't. You should, I, you should talk to your therapist about this, and then I want to hear more I'll about it. I'll ask her this week. Sure. She, has to listen to, she, has, she, has to, uh, she has to listen to a few episodes of our podcast and watch some episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm going to have to explain to her what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is for her to understand the context. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, oh, we that's... call him like Dad Coulson. And she's going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, okay, so – You've definitely seen some of the Marvel movies. <laughs> like that's, 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 how, yeah, that's how it started. Yeah. Uh, well, there's this you other the character. Guy who's like that, Iron Man yeah. and like Thor. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, all right. I guess that's it. <laughs> we, hey, we managed to, after 10 minutes of, uh, ram, of me rambling about Portland, <laughs> Uh, we actually managed to make a full length episode, even though, and most of it, at least sort of connects other than the Portland stuff. And it occurred to me right when you got back on topic that like, it, like in my head, it was like, what's really weird is there's an episode, the one with, uh, is it the cellist? Oh yeah. Where they're and, in and blackout where they're in Portland. <laughs> so there's actually an episode where this was like, would have been on topic, but not this one. <laughs> so. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, oh my god all right on that note where can people find you on the internet uh i snow nothing maybe i'm gonna have to change <laughs> you might have to change it yeah these these mooks oh god i, I guess so so far they haven't ruined john completely <laughs> spoilers for game of thrones i don't know shit's rough. He's, been, he's, he's just not he's i mean whatever john is john he is who he is <laughs> the way the my, my last total weird digression before we tell people where, they, where you can be found is i was just talking about it with my best friend last week and like some of the characters are actually good because they like actually want to do good and try to do good and are successful in it and i feel like davos yeah uh, brianne are good examples of that uh but like john is just he is the biggest example of a, of a of a mary sue like i don't love the term but literally he just wanders into situations when he dies he comes back like he wins every battle except for when he doesn't but he still lives yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's uh, the Simpsons character Poochie, where he's all the cool things at once, and whenever he's not in the room, people say, "Where's Poochie?" Oh that is Jon Snow. He's the coolest guy in school for no for reason. No reason. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's Zach Morris, but without any of the charm or like oh. or, or charisma of Mark Paul Gossel. Oh my god! And and in conclusion, I think that uh, after I'm done watching game of thrones uh, forever tonight i'm gonna watch the andy samberg and kit harrington uh fake tennis movie on hbo what? where they have a feud have you ever no. seen it it's so funny 
but the whole premise is like Andy Samberg is like Andre Agassi or something. He has like crazy big like mullet hair, but it's the two of them are feuding in a tennis like like competition. They're feuding tennis tennis pros. It's an HBO original comedy movie, oh my God. and uh, and Kit Harrington plays an imbecile. Oh <laughs> like my god! All, you know, all he knows how to do is play tennis, and all he does is they ask him a bunch of questions, and he just nods his head and squints and says indubitably. Oh my god! <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> like, and it's so funny. Like, they're so good. Uh, like, it's the most I've ever liked him in anything, and he's he's got a really good sense of humor about himself to play that character. Oh my god! What is it called? Oh, I have to look it up. While you tell people where to find yourself, I will. Okay, uh, I'm going to watch that now. Um, You can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess on all the things. And you can find the podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. We're- and you guys can see Kit Harrington <laughs> in Seven Days in Hell. Oh my God. He plays Charles Poole oh against Aaron Williams, played by Andy Samberg. <laughs> I totally need to watch that. I might watch that no, tonight is, after I, as a palate cleanser. I think, <laughs> I, think it, I think it's the antidote to Game of Thrones. For all of our listeners, if you're still angry about Game of Thrones in like three weeks yeah. <laughs> and you listen to this, watch Seven Days in Hell. It's really funny and it'll at least make you like Kit Harrington again, I think. <laughs> all right. Uh, probably won't help with uh, Benioff and Wise. <laughs> nope. If you have a problem with them, I doubt it'll do anything. Nope. I don't know if anything ever will. Um, All right, guys. Thanks for listening to Project Tahiti. Yes. It's a magical place. We'll catch you later. (laughs) Bye. yep yep and i have some angry cats outside too so um they're not happy that they're locked out but oh you're recording oh no (laughs) oh we'll we'll keep this in or put this at the end of the episode oh god angry cat outtakes all right i wish we could hear them (laughs) i know they're they're not they're just like scratching they're not making noise okay let's do this are you still there Okay. I was like, did your headphones die? No, no, no. I don't want to scare you. <laughs> no, they will okay. probably. I, <laughs> but, I know. I'll, I'll I'm like, I'm trying to... <laughs> or I'll let you finish your I'm thought be... and stop and text you and be like, I'm, I'm dead. Okay. I'm trying to be somewhat <laughs> quick. Um, and Jiang's like, starts to suspect that Hydra is able to track them and, um, through Gordon and um and then in the same moment um Hydra decides to go to Milwaukee and Ward figures out that um they're actually after Sky um <laughs> that that this whole mission is to get to Sky somehow um and which I guess they did not mention that before I'm trying to think yeah so there's whatever edit this out I don't know <laughs> This is where my handwriting gets bad and I can't read what I say. <laughs> no problem. I, um, I have a feeling there's a few things on it <laughs> for this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, but mostly I'm thinking so, my, my own rambling. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um,